Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
All right, welcome back to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. Boy, we got a great one for everybody tonight. Our good friend Leatherly Oni of Chastain will be calling first in about uh, 15 minutes or so. And after that, Trey Gadler from Azrael's Bane. So don't forget to stick around. I spoke with Trey a few days ago. The interview was uh, pre-recorded. We'll get that on. And it's good to be back here live tonight. Uh, we had pre-recorded last Sunday's show because it was my uh, wedding anniversary. So my lovely bride and I figured we'd go out for a romantic dinner and have a good time. But unfortunately, my neighbors made sure that didn't happen by having a hot water tank that broke and a pipe break in the house at the same time, flooding out the first floor of my home. So my wife and I were on bucket duty all day. And thousands of dollars later, I'm still fighting them for my money back. But that's another story. But we got a great show for everybody tonight, so stick around. We're going to get as much music as we can in between our guests or until we wind up losing a connection or something just doesn't work like always around here. We'll see what comes first. But uh, next up, our good friend Mark Vandenberg. Uh, he just put out a brand new single. Mark was going to call in tonight for a few minutes. We were going to talk about it, but it's very late where he comes from, and uh, he has something to do. So we'll, we'll do that another time, maybe with the next single. So uh, here you go. Check out his website. Go to his Facebook page. This is Smoke and Kills, When Only Love Can Break Your Heart. The man's an amazing guitar player.
All right, a lot of you remember, I'm sure, the old new wave of British heavy metal band, Jameson Raid. That's off their brand new record. It's called Metal People. Sounds much different than you know, the way the band did back in the early 80s. Uh, the album's coming out on Pure Steel Records, and I'm sure we'll have somebody from the group on in December for an interview when they do a little PR for it. Uh, we actually only have one more live show this month, next uh, Sunday night. And then the two shows after are going to be brand new, but pre-recorded while uh, the family and I are away on our little vacation. Uh, but next week, things look really good on the show. Our good friend Brian Howell from Reverence will be joining us live, as well as Zach Stevens from Circle to Circle and Sabotage. And he's getting ready to hit the road with TSO for their uh, Christmas tour. So don't forget to tune in next week and enjoy that last live show, at least till December 1st when we come back. All right, but in about 10 minutes, Leather will be calling in. We got a lot to talk to Leather about. It's been a couple of years since she's been on the show. And I kind of missed her when she came into town to play with Doro. Uh, she was doing a little thing with uh, Veronica, our good friend V. And uh, I didn't get a chance to meet up with anybody. So we'll talk to her about everything happening. And more importantly, the brand new Chastain record, which absolutely kicks ass. We'll get on one or two more of the songs until she does call in. Uh, I was looking into that, uh, the last in line. Uh, they're going to have their record out. This is all the original members of the Dio band, uh, but uh, Andrew Freeman is on vocals right now. I keep hearing that the stuff is pretty good. I mean, Dio fans are so divided. You have ones that are so desperate to have anything related to Dio still going on that they love it. Then you got the diehards that, you know, without Dio, it's not Dio, which, which they're right about. Uh, but I would rather see this version of it. Uh, than the Dio Disciples, because at least this has the original band members in it, you know, with somebody else doing, you know, the vocals, and really, I mean, Dio is Dio, you can't replace them, but I would rather hear this and what they're doing, and I'm looking forward to hearing that music. The album is going to be called Heavy Crown, it'll be out in February on Frontier Records, uh, so I'm sure we'll have some of the guys on the band to talk about that. I've also been playing the hell out of that Metal Allegiance record. Uh, at first listen, I was like, oh, okay, it's not too bad, but the more I play it, the more I'm really digging it. You know, it's got a, a really great mix of that old school classic 80s vibe with a lot of what's going on now, but they do it really well. Uh, so if you haven't heard the record, check it out. I should have played a song, right? I think I played one last week or the week before that, uh, but uh, I'll get one on next week for everybody. And then the band Sister Sin, I heard they called the quits. Unless you were a fan of them, I don't think anybody really knows or cares, but uh, that's just a little metal info for everybody. And uh, Rob Dukes, well, I guess a year after being fired from Exodus, well, not a year, I think it happened in the beginning of this year, he's come out with all guns firing, talking about the band and stuff like that. And, you know, I was I was not really ever a fan of the Rob Dukes era of Exodus. And like I said before, it's not really his fault. It was music they were writing, the direction they were going in. It just wasn't something I'm a fan of. I love, you know, his other group that he has, and I really dig the music that they've got going on. And I'm glad that now he's focused more on that. Uh, but, you know, they, it was a shitty way they went about firing him. I mean, I've said that from the time it happened. It was a really crappy way. I'm glad Zetro's back in the band, uh, but, you know, they could have handled that a lot better. And he has every right to come out like, you know, he has, so that's up to him. All right, let's get on another tune. Uh, maybe we'll go into something by Leather right after that, and she should be calling in. Uh, our good friend Thor, John Michael Thor. We had Thor on the show a couple of years ago. He was a funny guy to talk to. He's got his hands on a lot of stuff, movies, uh, hockey teams, and records. Got a brand new record out. He has Every song has somebody different playing on it with him. He has a lot of big guests on the record. Uh, let me know what you think of the album. I played a couple of tunes. I didn't get through the whole thing yet, but I'll get on one that I haven't played. Here's a song called Heavy Load.
ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to confirm there is indeed enough scientific evidence to support the theory of a Psycon world. A parallel universe, if you will, ruled by psychic aliens. As we speak, legions of Psycon warriors are being gathered for some sort of attack on our... What? What? what is, what's that sound?
All right, one of my favorite albums of all time. I've said that every time I've played it off the Sledge Leather record, A Taste of Night. We have Leather on the line right now. And, you know, I love Leather, her voice, and everything she's done in music. And not just because we share the same BFF and Veronica Freeman, uh, because she's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that always helps, though. That always helps. Yeah, I it really does. appreciate that you play that, that you're playing that record. Oh, my God, that just sent chills down my spine remembering how old that song is and when uh, Sledge and I finally put it on a record with Scott Warren and oh my god that was incredible thanks for the memory it was really great uh, it was a, it's, I mean truly that really was a great record the whole concept behind it the whole it was amazing and I, I think I you know I'm so thrilled that like you know Chastain has been so busy the last couple of years with two records now but I'm also disappointed yeah. that we haven't gotten anything from Sledge Leather since this album because it was just beyond belief well, wow. Thank you so much for that. But the majority of people did not agree with you. So, well, it, it, It's a so hard sell today, you know, musically. I mean, I guarantee you there's and probably 100,000 yeah. people that have that record, but maybe only 10 paid for it. That's the problem. Well, exactly. And, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not a big in-demand vocalist. I mean, I'm not. I have my core people who appreciate me and I love all of you. But, you know, the people on the larger scale, they're like, oh, yeah, you're good. Good luck, honey. You know, they pat you on the back. But that project was just something that really, uh, they just came together so fast and so bizarrely. And it was just, as you know, my step back into it. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I had to do something for the passing of Ronnie. I had to I had to do something. So it was a really good time, and it brought me forward with Chastain. But I, you know, I mean, we don't have any plans, you know. Yeah. But when I, well, ju- when I just heard it, I'm like, damn, yeah. Because before the record came out, I mean, you were really low-key for a lot of years. It wasn't really much going on musically. And then it comes yeah. out, and it's like, wow. I mean, holy cow. I mean, it took me back to the Rude Girl days and way beyond that. Yeah, well, Taste of Night was a rude girl song. Was it? Uh, as I always say to everyone, we wrote it in 1927. I mean, that was an old song, and it was always one of my favorites. So when I got together with Sledge, we were, you know, and Sledge had become, um, you know, a piano player by that time and just had really gotten into musical direction and production. And, I, oh, God, that, that's one of my favorite songs of all time. It's Taste great. of Night. Written well, up know- by Haight Ashbury. Well, well, you know, you go back to the Rude Girl days. I mean, it seems like back then, you guys had everything going on. I mean, if I remember, you were signed to a major label of, with a pretty big deal, and you know, a lot of albums, and it just seemed to fall We actually never, we, we never signed that piece of paper, and I can tell you that's something else that pisses me off. I have a real problem with punctuality. I have a real problem with, even when I was young and dumb, and like, oh my God, I'm going to make records. It was really important for me. If someone says one o'clock, you show up at one o'clock and I don't know, egos started getting in the way and control issues started coming. I just wanted to sign a freaking piece of paper and make music. That's all I wanted to do. Um, And it it fell apart that day in the lawyer's office um, that I was sitting there, which at the time was right down the street from where I lived in San Francisco. And I was there probably an hour to an hour and a half with no other band members. No one else could be found in I was like, screw this. You know, I'm like, this is what the rest of my life is going to be like. And like I said, the cracks had started showing then anyway. And I was really, really blessed that Mike Varney from Shopno Records had become a really good friend of mine. And I knew he had my back. And he said to me, whenever you need something, some musical project, you call me. And I went home that day. It was a Sunday. And I called him. (laughs) Wow. No time wasted. No. 
Well, you know, you got to jump on it when you can. I mean, it's it's true. It's opportunities true. are few and far between. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you go back then to the 80s, and, you know, we probably thought this was never going to end. You know, it, it seemed like unlimited. Like, it just kept getting bigger and bigger metal in one genre or another yeah. before the, you know, before know. the marches got pulled out. I mean, and you see a lot of people that kind of dilly-dally, like, say, yeah, well, next year, next year, next year. Then next year never came. Yeah. Never came. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been blessed. with. I met a lot of people in L.A. that, in my mind, were these huge stars. And yeah, I mean, same thing. It just one day, it was just gone. Nobody planned for. Well, I'm sure it's like that in every genre of music. Once you're successful, thought it was never going to go away. And uh, you know, um, I forgot who it was. Somebody said they walked into their their major label, and all of a sudden, Nirvana was. Uh oh. Yeah, that was uh, Janie uh, you know, uh, Janie Lane from Warren was talking about how Cherry yeah, Pie that, was yeah, the big yeah, poster yeah. in the office, and the next day he came in, that was in the garbage. Yeah, and Nirvana was up on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, and when you're young, I think, you know, you don't realize how, I mean, I have never gotten along with the music business side of things. Um, I never started doing this to be a big rock star. I, there are some decisions that were made for me in the past that I wish that I had been more involved in making them. But, you know, I was always involved with a package or a group of people that, the whole gang had to go, you know, no, nobody ever said, Hey, leather, come on and hop on this label. So, you know, I grabbed the opportunity to, that I could, and that's why I left. I didn't have anything um, going on or offered to me with any integrity. I mean, I'm not a pop singer. I'm not a grunge singer. I'm not a thrash singer. So, and I'm like that in my life. I reach a certain point and I don't compromise. And if I hit a wall and it's not what I want, I'll just go somewhere else, you know? Yeah. It's good to have that attitude. I mean, I mean, we go back to Shockwaves. It was like '89. I mean, that was like your yes. first effort on your own, where you know it was basically you. I mean, everything fell upon you yeah. with that album. Yeah, in a oh god, I, I I still really like that record, probably because it was the first one I actually sat down and wrote. But and again, that was a scam. That was a um, a Road Runner, which I think back then was Road Racer. Monty yeah. Connor, if you ever hear this, you know that I love yep. you, but it, it was a total scam. They wanted Chastain to do for those who dare on that record. And they just, they were just reining us in. And I, somehow it came up and Chastain was like, well, Leather kind of wants to get out there more. So like I said, they picked that up, they let me do it, and then they did nothing with it. So that was really a lesson in humility, let me tell you. I can imagine. That's got to be most, one of the most heartbreaking things that when you put your heart and soul to an album and, you know, everything you have into it, and then nobody backs or supports it. I mean, you've heard about bands breaking up all the stuff like that, albums falling yeah. by the wayside. It's got to be heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, and again, I don't have – I mean, it, it certainly was. I mean, believe me, it was years of freaking therapy, but I don't um, – I think I personally, and I'm sure a lot of others are like that, I kind of make it just to um, get something out, just to express something. Just to, So when I do it and then I hear it back and it's done, I have a real sense of, cool, I did it. I don't necessarily go, damn, you know, only, you know, it's not a million seller. I don't kind of have that mentality. So it does yeah. help me in that aspect. But that one, that one was a real slap in the face. And again, it was well, okay. You know, I mean, I saw the writing on the wall from the very beginning, but I just shut up because I wanted to record the record, you know? Well, I think you're too gracious and humble with yourself because you've got a lot of fans out there that <laughs> love what you do. And your name is well, well known in the metal circles. I mean, uh, beyond yeah. that. And now, now with Chastain, I mean, I don't know how it came back together, but I'm glad that it did. Two records in two years. That's phenomenal. Well, remember. 
remember, that's what we used to do at Chastain. We put out a record every year. Except back then, the beauty of it was that he would go on the road. And now it's just a recording project, which, again, I'm extremely grateful. Um, it came about through the sledge leather thing. You know, Chastain and I were always talking, and the sledge leather thing didn't go anywhere. And he said to me, give me a call. I got an idea. I'm like, cool. And he wanted me to go more toward a solo record. But I was like, no, dude. People, people, they just ask about you. People know me and want to see me as Chastain. Let's just do it. So he started sending me songs, and that's how it came to be. But that was not his first choice. <laughs> he just wanted to help me put a solo record out. Wow. I, mean, I have to tell you, your voice is so brutal on this new record. I mean, holy crap. I don't know. I don't know if you're Thank eating. You. Your, I don't know if you're eating your Wheaties or your Cheerios before you get up in the microphone. <laughs> But it's such a, it's so powerful. I know, I know. I mean, holy cow. I, and I was saying to somebody yesterday, uh, I had a lot of um, vocal, not trouble, but this record, I, could, I had a really hard time in the studio every day. You know, I don't do this for a living any longer. So, you know, every day in the studio, five, six hours, I, my voice was not putting out and I was really pissed off. So... What I did is I would sing for a full day, sleep 20 hours, sing for a full day, sleep 20 hours. And, yeah, this record kicks. And also, i got to tell you, I loved this material. And I, I wasn't pleased with Surrender to No One, and I was just like, screw this. I, I'm going for this. Let, let's just do this. No more, you know, um, ballads and being, you know, levy. Yeah, I, I just went for it, and I think it really shows on this oh. record. And also, I think the production is better also. Absolutely. I mean, there's like probably like no chance in hell that you're ever going to take this on the road or even like select shows. Uh, he just doesn't want to go out and play them on the road, David? He doesn't want to do it. And I, um, um, <laughs> I, I was writing his back for like a year after he surrendered to no one. Although he explained it to me before we even went in the studio for Surrender to No One that he was done. But I figured, eh, you know, no, he's not going to do it. So I'm over that. Um, I'm going out anywhere that I can is Leather Leone. I don't know. I just got the um, – Odin has that festival every May in Chicago. Yeah, the yeah. Metal Apocalypse. So he's going to let me play there. So I grabbed David Harbour. I got Jim Dofka, who if nobody knows who Dofka is, just look up Dofka on YouTube. He Dofka, yeah. puts out all this, these great covers. He's sick. Um, and a drummer friend of his, so I'm going to go do that. Uh, I'm trying to uh, – I definitely will get back to Brazil next year. So I'm just going out, you know, and God bless Chastain. He doesn't hold me to anything contractually. He's like, you can go do any song at any time, anywhere with anybody. Well, that's so, good. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm going to go so, do it. And it, that, I mean, it does break enough. my heart, but I'm just going to go do it. Hey, yeah. we want to see, listen, you know, Dave is an amazing guitar player, but let's face it, we want to see you on stage. Okay, we don't really care yeah. about seeing David on stage. We want to see you up there. So, I mean, are you going to go through <laughs> your whole catalog, you think? I mean, are, are you going to do like Fledge Lab? Are you going to well, do the Chastain stuff, the solo stuff? I, I, don't, I don't touch the sledge leather stuff. Um, I do some Chastain. Of, of course, I try to pick something from, uh, you know, I haven't got any big shows yet. Like, actually, down in Brazil, it was weird. I did it. I didn't do, like, an hour and a half. So I grabbed his Chastain sledge, our big hits, you know, like Ruler, Voice, For Those Who Dare. I always do a couple things off Shockwaves. I'll probably do Shockwaves, uh, um, maybe something in this life for Ronnie. Uh, and it is cool that I do have a catalog of stuff, even though I, you know, we never really broke. I mean, people know these songs. Sure. It was crazy last year in Brazil. I mean, it was crazy. They knew every word to every song, and they were singing other songs that they wanted me to do. It was incredible. It is. Hey, you, you know, you want to you blow David's mind, go out there and do one of the Chastain songs that had uh, Kate French on there. 
conference some more about the relax. <laughs> no, I would. That's I would a new talker thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would never do that. That was yeah. I hey, don't well, even really. I never even really listened to that stuff to tell you the truth. But no, no, no I, I wouldn't do nobody that. Nobody has. Don't worry about it. Nobody has. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stop. Well, listen, appreciate you also got to hook up with your BFF over there, Veronica Freeman, and you helped on her song. Veronica, I have a singer that, who did that song? I'm, I'm Joe Jackson, Veronica. I might be singing it too. Yeah, I love Veronica Freeman. She, as you know, is a friend of mine. I am on Now or Never Is, I'm sure you know, that goofy, fun little song called Kiss My Lips. Um, we're talking all the time. Her record's doing really well. Uh, she's hooking up with some really big people. I mean, Michael Sweet, those songs are incredible. Yeah. Uh, I thought she was extremely ballsy to put this record out. When she played it for me, I was like, God bless you, babe. And I'm glad yeah. people are. But, you know, the songs are so strong. You just can't deny those songs. So, you know, we're trying to hook something up, too. You know, trying to do some package around the world. Because we have so much fun on stage. And people really like her. And, you know, I have my following. I think it would be so much fun. And I've been goofing with her about how we should be the new Cheetah. Remember that band from the yep. 70s? The two <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Man, I, I would, those songs are really good too. I was listening to them, and that's you know that's the background that I came from, like upstate New York. That's, of course, I'm, I'm not that old, but you know the Arena Rocks, the Boston's, the Ambrosias, the, yeah, the Fleetwood Mac, the Elton Johns. Yeah. I know. Like the Blue Oyster Cults, the Foreigners. I mean, yeah. So I love that huge, that huge sound. Yeah. Well, it would be great to see you two guys. I mean, I don't know if you picked it up, but I was I was the first in line to buy her underwear, her bra, and the picture for holding a boots up. I, oh, I, I, oh I, my I, God! I just I <laughs> I just recently saw that with her boobs because you know anybody that knows me and it's just for me. I don't speak for the world. I you know younger women come up to me and they go, "What should I do?" I'm like, "Keep your freaking clothes on." You know, I don't. <laughs> you know, so that's a thing that I have. And I sent her an email the other day saying that, yeah, I mean, that cleavage. And then I'm like, oh, my God, do you have no freaking clothes on? And, then, <laughs> and I said, oh my God, put that cleavage away. But then, of course, I said, and it's fantastic, by the way. But yeah. it just cracks me up. But, you know, as she obviously says, she can sing her ass off. So it doesn't matter. That's right. That's right. I told her she has to fire a hairdresser because they put the hair in all the wrong spots. I said, you got to fire that guy. When you did your hair, you have to fire him right away. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you, you guys, should see like walking through an <laughs> walking through an airport with her, Mike. It, it's unbelievable. The I guys are like walking into walls and their tongues are hanging out, <laughs> and I'm looking at them going, "I know." Uh, she she's she great. I, I love her. It, but, I try to meet her every time she comes yeah. into New York. You know, you you guys were at the Doro show last year when Doro had her celebration. Yeah. I think it was thirtieth. And I, I wanted to come, yeah. I wanted to come talk to you, but you were doing the segment for Veronica has also the TV. Uh, uh, show for the metal TV show, and you guys. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I kept waiting. I was waiting. I was really sick that day. I said, you know what? I don't want to get too close. I can make. It. But I felt bad that I get to say hello. Oh honey. shit! You should I have said hello. Yeah, because, that was a lot of fun. I, you were doing the segment. I was like, let me go walk around. They came back, and everybody disappeared. Yeah. They to perform, you know. So I was like, God, the next time they come to New York. Oh, for yeah, absolutely. Because I'll definitely be out there with her. There's some stuff going on, and but yeah, that was a lot of fun. I'm waiting for Doro to put out the um, the uh, DVD on that. Because they said there's some really funny shots of the three of us, which I can't wait to see. Oh, that should be good. 
That would be great. And it was such a great night with everybody up there playing and performing. And, when I, you know, like I see stuff like that. I heard someone nice saying, oh, you know, Doro, like, you know, one of the first metal singers. And I'm like, oh, like, and that always bothers me when I hear somebody refer to any musician by their gender. Because to me, I don't care who oh, you God. are. Who, I know. Who cares? You're just, a, I mean, it's, I never looked at you playing and said, oh, you know, she's a great female singer. Or Rue Girl, Malibu Bond. Yeah. What a great female. It's a metal band, a rock band. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I thought that maybe it had changed a little bit, but I don't know if it has. But you know, like Dora said, we just whatever, whatever you got to do. I mean, it's so boring what your gender is. I mean, uh-huh. yeah, it's it's pretty stupid. But yeah, Dora and I, I and I obviously a lot of people say that to me. And again, there wasn't social media. No, none of us started it to be let's be like the first female queen or whatever. So back then, who was it? It was Dora, myself, and. Uh, from Hellion, it was Debbie yeah. Dunn from Sentinel Beast, Don Crosby. So there were a handful of us, and how did we find out about each other in magazines? Remember in Cream or Kerrang? Or yep. It was a di- different life, yeah. It was fun. Absolutely. Well, you know, you, you were based out of San Francisco in the early days. That's where, like, Rude Girl and Malibu Barbie and them came from. That was, like, a really heavy scene compared to everything going on, you know, further down south in L.A. I mean, it was, like, night and day between the two. Oh, really. yeah. It was. And I, back then, I loved the boys in the makeup because they were way better looking than myself. But, yeah, the, the aggression <laughs> up here was incredible. And it was a, it was a great training ground. You know, I would go to a, um, we would, oh God, I can't even think of the name of the club, but like Metallica would be out there and, you know, Kurt would, I mean, he would give me so many pointers and stuff and we would open for Exodus and get everything in the world thrown at us. I mean, you really had to figure it out. You know, here I was this little five foot person out there trying to open a freaking Exodus show. What was I thinking? <laughs> I mean, I got spat on and thrown at, but it was a great training ground because I had to get them interested in what and how I was saying it. But yeah, it, it was brutal. And when Megadeth first got together, we would open up for them. It was it was great. It, yeah, it, it was. It was a total dichotomy in, in California, wasn't it back then? From up here to down there. Oh, what a, I mean, if I remember, I think the Stone was up there, or uh, Ruthie's oh, Inn, God. or Wolfgang's. Yeah. A lot of those places were up that way. And I remember getting tapes as a kid, like with demo trading back then, and hearing these large stuff, like, wow, what a scene this must be up there. You know, it was like so yeah. isolated, it felt so like secular. And, and once the Stone, when, when you played the Stone, man, you had made it. There were three of them. There was one in San Francisco, one down in Palo Alto, and one in Berkeley. And I can remember we got to play them all. We would play, I would like open for Ron Keel and Great White, and there was a band, a big CBS band back there back then called Le Mans and I would uh, open yeah. for girls school over in Berkeley I mean it was uh, it, it was just an incredible time to be you know 20 and running around you know and have no responsibility oh god I know those were good days <laughs> and again those... thinking it would never end thinking it would never end we never saw it I mean at least you know I never I didn't see it coming I don't know if musicians actually did if you guys did but I never saw it coming you know it's just yeah. like when it, it yeah just yeah like we, we did for sure yeah yeah, with a chastain, we really did. Yeah, it was a. But you know, again, there's nothing to snivel about. Fuck, anytime you can create music, I mean, it's incredible. I got nothing, nothing to complain about at all. Yeah. Was it a hundred years later, and you people are still giving me the privilege of making music and listening to it? Hello. <laughs> it is amazing, but you know the scene is pretty good today. I mean, I'm not. I mean, better than it has been in the last 15 years. It's it's, it's really getting. It seems like it is, huh? There's a lot of festivals popping up in this country, yeah. and a lot of people that are doing. Yeah, it does seem like that. I, I'm hoping that I am picking that vibe up correctly. But you think it's improving, right? Uh, I mean, here in New York, and especially like in Brooklyn, New York, Brooklyn has, has yeah. become like the king of clubs, like for like New York City. I mean, and rock clubs, metal really? clubs. 
Some just dedicated really? to metal and rock, and they're packed. I mean, every weekend, full houses. I mean, and it oh feels God. like what, those wasn't days. It, um, wasn't Lemoore's where I used to play with Lemoore Chelsea was the, the rock capital. Lemoore's, yeah. Lemoore's was the biggest. Forget it. it was, in the oh 80s, it was God. tremendous. But we kind oh of got God. that vibe going again here, and people showing up, and a lot of young kids, too. Yeah. Like kids in their 20s that weren't even around back then when we were doing this the first time, you know? That's so great. And what I notice, again, I'm having the privilege to go to a lot of these big shows in San Francisco and meeting these people. I mean, I just met the band Savage Master and Agonist and uh, uh, a Cobra and the Lotus. Yeah. And I'm walking back there, and they're like, I mean, they know who Chastain is. And the, it's, it's just blowing my mind. So it seems like they're, they are reverting back to that basic, you know, pre-thrash kind of sound. And it's... It's so inspiring, you know, when I meet a 23-year-old person who knows my material. I'm going, what is going on? It's killer. It's in Symphony X. I mean, I, I, you know, I know Mike, so I just went hung out at that show, and everybody was talking about We Bleed Metal. And I'm, By the way, speaking of We Bleed Metal, do you have it? Of course I have it. I'm going to play it as soon as we're done uh, talking. Do you? Uh, what do you like? Have you listened to it enough to have any favorites? Or I, I, I tell you, I've gone through the whole record. One song is, is better than the next in there. I, <laughs> against All the Gods is probably my, my favorite. Oh, my on God, album. I know. That was one of my favorite songs in the studio. I kept saying, this is it. This is the one. This is like my favorite song. Yeah. And Justin and I kind of have this goofy thing that, well, I'm sure many artists are like that. Once I do a song and it's the end of the day and we got this kind of okay mix. I'm like, oh my God, that's the one. And then the next day I'll be like, shit, this is the one. So it's awesome. <laughs> well, that's a good but thing. Again, you but have against that all the gods. Yeah. It really, really stuck with me against all the odds. It's just, you know, this is just Chastain music and he's just shredding on this record. God. But do you still get People that wanted to hear him when, you're just, when you're writing songs, you're just like, whoa, you know, this is it. Like it's got a great riff. This is it. You know, you still get that feeling. Oh God. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I still, I still get so excited because basically by nature, I'm pretty lazy. Like I really have to be pushed into it. But once I get, oh God, yeah, I was just excited. And again, the studio is very hard for me because I like to hop and bop around. I'm always knocking mics over and spitting on equipment. <laughs> and I, I, I'll eat nuts and, and I like to create a lot of saliva. You know, I need that. So I like yeah. to blow pops and peanut- <laughs> And Justin just has a fit. I mean, there's spit everywhere, and I'm. <laughs> and he's like a really neat person. We, we just have so much fun. I mean, it's so fun. But yeah, I did. I got chills a lot of times with this record, so I knew it was uh, it was uh, gonna be okay. Well, that's what we have spit gods for, so you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like through when you, when you go you. through the record. I mean, it's, I mean, besides just being like completely brutal from start to finish, you can remember the songs. They're catchy, and there's not no shame yeah. in that. You, and when you hear a lot of songs, no. man, like the bands don't repeat a chorus, they don't repeat a verse. It's like four thousand know, lines of different you words. Say that. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I would present Chastain as I've done my whole career with him, with vocal, with lyrics and stuff. And he goes, "No, no, you repeat it. You got to repeat it. You got it. We want to hear it." And I'm like, "Oh my God, that's so boring." But he's like, "No, over and over and over and over and over." And you're right. That's what you do. I don't know if it's because we're just getting stupid as we get older and we can't remember more than a few words at a time. <laughs> or it's just because, you know, used, like you said, we're used to that 70s arena rock where there was, you know, classic oh, chords. God. You chanted them and you sang them. Uh, but, like, I just like new song off the new Queensryche record. And a minute later, I'm like, I don't remember one word he just said. A good song, but Real, I don't yeah, remember yeah, yeah. Word. Yeah. Not one riff stood out in my head. I was like, <laughs> that's I funny if we're stupider. 
<laughs> it's something. I don't know. My wife keeps telling me well, that. I don't. You know what? I I'm in. You know, when I went away, I get into animal medicine and in pit bull rescue and stuff. And when you read a lot of uh, medical literature, that's what they say. People, you have a conversation. People grab seven to twelve percent of it. Wow. So it's the same. You know, like I tend to write lyrics, and the title will be something, and then you say it one time in the song. <laughs> True. It's so funny. We're too stupid. Yeah, we don't remember. Way too much alcohol through the years. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of anything else. But, like, you know, the record is out now. People are going to love this album. Yes. I'm glad that you're at least going yes. out live, even under the Leatherly Only banner, and you're going to start doing these songs. Yes. But do you think that you might somewhere go back to another solo record? It's been over 20-something years where you put your own touch on what you want to do? Um, it's coming up so much lately. And I have a, um, like I said, this band that I've kind of gravitated toward um, seems to be bringing that up a lot. So I'll see. I mean, again, I don't know. You know, I never know what my plans are. I've always been like that. I would, even when I was touring with Chastain, I would just come home and, you know, within a month I'd get a ticket to come back out or I wouldn't, you know. But I, I have to start planning something. And I think, yeah, I'm thinking about it. That would I'm be great. thinking about it. You know, something I didn't know is that you well, you actually sang on the Trauma record back in the day. It was like 84. <gasps> I, didn't, I didn't even know you did I it. I know it's back in vocals, but well, what song? Yeah, and it's funny. Do you remember? I was talking to Chastain about that, and he goes, I don't remember. I'm like, oh, my God, don't we know we were all up there? But Chastain was probably in a different building. And Donnie grabbed me. I don't remember what song it was, but I can remember it. Which He's like, here, I need some uh, gravelly vocals. Come on in. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't they just come out with a new record last year? Yeah, Donnie was on the show last year. They put a new record out, a really good Rapture. Uh, oh, I forgot just said, I think it was the Rapture. I don't remember, but did he real, sound? Real, did he sound good? He sounded pretty good. You know, I mean, not like you know the early '80s time. You know, it was one on for all of us, but he did well, a great course. job. Yeah, yeah. And also, we don't you know? we don't we don't approach songs the same. I mean, that's just interesting. Oh my God, I like when I was younger and was doing stuff. There was only a certain range that I had, so I would go up into that high, annoying. Oh. That screeching, crappy, blah, and they put all that reverb on it now. It was funny. When I was doing Imagine Me Alive, the Sludge Leather record, we let Varney hear it. And Varney said to me, Leather, your balls have finally dropped. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I'll never forget. That was like the biggest compliment I had ever received in my life. I'm like, I freaking love you. You have puberty. So that's what I say to people. <laughs> But I'm but so I, glad you like the record, and yeah, we'll we'll hook up this year, dude. I promise. I'm gonna be out there with Veronica, so. if nothing else. Okay, because if not, yeah. I gotta come up to Chicago, come see you at the Ragnarok. So. Uh, oh, that would be great. I don't know what day. I don't know when I'm playing yet, the sixth or the seventh, but for sure, you know, I'll stay in touch with you and let you know because I gotta grab all my peeps and get them out there. Cause, oh my god, I'm 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 just tingling thinking about it. I'm pacing. I'm so excited. I'm starting to froth. I'm getting. Oh, it's great. It's great. It's going to be a great show. Plus, Chicago's got that really cool hamburger joint where it's like a heavy metal hamburger shop, and the burgers are named after yes. different bands. Slayer Burger and Metallica yes. Burger. Yes. So and I went to, to the show um, oh, two years ago, I think. He, he said, uh, it's before Surrender to Yeah, yeah. He said, why don't you come out and MC it? And I'm like, oh, I don't really know. And, of course, you know me. What happened there? We lost, we lost leather. We lost leather. All right. I don't know if you could... If anybody in the chat room can still hear me, let me know. Otherwise, uh, we lost the connection again tonight, and uh, we're down for the count. I'm not too sure. Guys, let me know. Can you hear me? Let me see if I get on a chat's name song. 
No, it's playing, so I guess we lost leather there. I, you can still hear me, because I'm coming through now. Yeah, okay, we lost leather there. You know what? Let me see if I give her a call back. Uh, I hate to end it that way. She'll think I hung up on her. She'll tell V, you know, I'll never get another pair of underwear. All right, hang on. Let me, <laughs> let me reach out for... Uh, hang on one second here. Let me dial this number. I don't want to say it over there like I always do and give people leather's phone number. All right, hang on there. You've reached the Sausalito Animal Hospital. We are closed. If you have a pet emergency, please phone 1-415. She's probably trying to call back in. All right, so you know what? Maybe we'll play a song off the brand-new Chastain record, and uh, we'll see if Leather gets back in touch with us. If not, you know what? We had a pretty good interview. Oh, wait, there she goes. All right, great. Call and say I just, goodbye. I, I think we lost I each other. I was just trying to call you back. I said, I hope she didn't think I hung up on her. We just lost the connection. No, 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 no. I just wanted to call back and say thank you, and um, I, I appreciate all the time that you give me, and we'll hook up this year for sure. Well, probably next so. year is what I mean. That's okay. As long as I get to see you, and we'll take V yeah. along, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll bombard her about It'll be a party. Semi-nude. <laughs> Great. Thanks so, Mike. Thanks so much, Mike. Keep playing, keep playing the record for me. I always will, Leather. I got your back. Okay. Thank you. Take ciao, care. ciao. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Miss Leather Leone. Love that girl. All right. Brand new Chastain. You know what? I'm going to play the song I just told about, my favorite song on the record. And there's way more than one. But here's Against All the Gods.
35 years old today. It's amazing. I remember buying that record. Holy crap. It feels like yesterday for 35 years when you hear the number. It sounds like a really long time ago. Holy cow. All right. Trey Gallagher from Azure's Bank will have that interview up in about 15 minutes or so. We'll get on a few more tunes uh, between now and then. Uh, I had to pre-record some of the shows for the end of the month when I'm on vacation. I was talking about uh, uh, Richie Blackmore. They're going out under the Rainbow Banner, it appears. At least that's at least how the promoters are uh, putting the posters up for. Uh, and he announced the, the lineup. Uh, when I was talking about it on the show, he hadn't announced it yet, but now we know. And I don't know. I don't see anybody in there really worth wanting to go see it for. I mean, it's Richie Blackmore, so like that's the draw right there. Uh, but uh, he's got Ronnie Romero from the Lords of Black singing with him. Uh, I didn't really think it was going to be Jolyn Turner, to be honest with you. I kind of thought he would have went with Doogie White, who was on that last Rainbow record. I don't even think that was supposed to be a Rainbow record. I think it was supposed to be a Richie Blackmore record, and they kind of put it out on the Rainbow banner later on. So I kind of thought he would have had Doogie White in there, maybe a few other players from throughout the years. I was hoping like Bob Daisley would have been in there, who was in the early version of Rainbow. Uh, that didn't happen. It just seems to be a lot of the people from uh, his uh, Blackmore Knights band uh, I think Jen Jensen is on, uh, Jen Johansson is on uh, keyboards. He's the only guy I really heard of a little bit in the group. So, uh, I mean, it's going to be packed no matter what because people want to see Richie Blackmore doing Rainbow songs and, uh, you know, Deep Purple songs again. So, I mean, it's not like it's going to be a small crowd. But, like I said, I never heard of the singer Ronnie Romero. Uh, we'll see what he does with it. And like I said, it's a couple of shows here and there that they're doing overseas, and that'll probably be the end of it. It would be nice to have a show here. It would have been really cool if we could have gotten a few of the, the ex-Rainbow men together and maybe had, like, this whole big you know, set up a couple of bass players and guitar. Well, there's never any other guitar players, so keyboard players and drummers. That would have been kind of cool too. You know, like go out in a big way. Uh, but like I said, it's Richie Backmore playing rock again. It's going to sell out no matter what. All right, and another band celebrating a big anniversary of the Scorpions, 50 year anniversary. Now I'm looking at that number, 50 years. That predates uh, Black Sabbath, I believe Deep Purple, and probably even Led Zeppelin. 
Now, the Scorpions were around in 1965. Well, at least Rudolf Schenker was in the Scorpions. Then he was calling the Scorpions back then. But it wasn't the Scorpions that we've come to know in the 70s. Uh, Claude's mind wasn't in the band. I think uh, Francis uh, Buckwalt, if I'm pronouncing it right, the original bass player, was actually in that lineup uh, with uh, Rudolf Schenker. Uh, and then uh, when his brother Michael kind of left the band, uh, Uli John Roth came in. Then the band broke up, I think, or they called it quits. And most of those guys joined uh, Uli John Roth's band at the time. I don't remember the name of the group. I guess they had a little bit more of a name to them. But then they went and changed it back to the Scorpions. So I, I guess Rudolf Schenker, you know, had the band going since 65. But I don't really consider it the Scorpions. The first record did come out in 72. Uh, I think Close Mind joined the band in 70. So I guess it is what it is. But still, 45, 50 years, that's pretty impressive, I would have to say. And they didn't retire when they were supposed to. The time when they went to that last show, though, it was going to be a retirement show. But it didn't take place. All right. Let's get on some Bad Brains. Dr. No, the guitar player from the Bad Brains, uh, Gary Miller. Uh, I heard that he's on life support. He's in the hospital. They didn't say what it was, and it's really nobody's business what's wrong with him. I just hope that he comes out of it and gets better. This is a band that we were lucky enough to see multiple times back in the 80s and even shared a stage with one time in Washington, D.C. when we played with the band. Uh, so I'm hoping that he gets better. Everything works out well. We're all getting old. It's a shame, but uh, he's not that old. <laughs> he's still a young guy, so hopefully it'll work out for the best. So off the Bad Brains record, and since we did the show in D.C., he has banned in D.C. Wait! 
That's four minutes of my life I'm never going to get back I wanted to play uh, Crossfire from Belgium uh, But I jumped to the wrong Crossfire And uh, that was one from the US There were three bands named Crossfire That I remember back in the 80s 
that were bouncing around. This was the one out of Wisconsin. Definitely has that poison vibe going on there. I actually only play crap like that to see if my boys in the chat room are listening. Obviously, they are because they jump right on top of that one. So I apologize. We'll get on the other crossfire next week. All right, how about we play something by Israel's Bane? We get the interview on with Trey right after that. And then we should have a little bit of time left. Play some of my music. Uh, here's Rainbow's Edge. Yeah. 
Trey, this is Mike. How are you? Good, Mike. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. It's nice to have you on here. Thanks. Uh, listen, things are looking really good right now for you guys. It's been a long time. You're active again. Shows are taking place. Music is being recorded. I guess it doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> it's been a long time coming, man. We took a, a lot of time off, and uh, getting back to it feels good, for sure. Uh, I'm glad. Well, you know, I, I remember going back to the beginning of the band and buying that first record when it came out, and it was at a time when, you know, metal wasn't as most popular anymore. You know, we went through those rough times in the 90s. You guys came out, and it was like a fresh breath of air because it was like bringing back the classics again. And you guys come from that decade just like I do. But you guys just recreated it, brought it back, and started it over. But it still was a tough time for bands playing, you know, traditional heavy metal. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it was... Uh... Finding a, finding a gig was tough, you know, back then. But uh, you know, you gotta you gotta stick to what you believe in, and um, that's what we always did. Was uh, played the music that we wanted to play, you know, and we figured we'd find an audience somewhere, and we you know slugged away at it, and it worked out, you know. So it was, but yeah, it was a struggle for sure. I think it's for everybody back then. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, does th- coming from Texas was that any help? Because Texas is always known as a great state for heavy metal and music in general. Well. You know, I, they say that, but back then, you know, we're talking late 90s, early 2000s, it was, you know, it was pretty similar to, to to everywhere else. We did have a few clubs, local clubs that were still going and still operating, but it wasn't, you know, anywhere remotely close to like it was, you know, say in the late 80s, early 90s, where there was, you know, you could find a show every night of the week. I mean, it was more of a, a weekend kind of thing, you know, and there's there just a handful of clubs operating. Um and, you know, it was, it was tough to find a gig. I can remember playing just the tiniest little dives, you know, because it's the only place you could get a show playing that kind of music back then. And, you know, it it, it it progressed over time and got better and, and uh, you know, started coming back. And, you know, it's been – actually, these days, it's pretty good. So, at least, yeah. at least in Texas. Well, well, that's good to know. And I'm glad that you guys did it put back together. I mean, two records out over, like, a five-year period. Things were looking pretty good, even though, like I said, you know, the scene was in a struggle at that point. But then we don't hear from you guys anymore for a long time. And, you know, unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of information. The internet wasn't really as popular as it is now with finding out what's going on with the bands. And now we find you guys just kind of like, you know, took a little break. I guess you guys had other stuff you had to take care of in your lives. Five years is a long time to, like, kind of be apart. Was there anything going on at all during those five years, or was it a clean break? No, all all of us were still hanging out together and stuff, and actually all of us were doing side projects and things like that, and a lot of times involved with, you know, each other's projects and stuff. It was just, it was just a break from Azrael's Bane for a while. Um, we had some, uh, just a whole bunch of issues that, that came down when, when everything happened. We never actually had an official breakup. We just kind of didn't do anything for a while, and uh, we always intended to get it back going again at some point and just waiting for the time was right when everybody was ready and everybody's schedules were clear enough to do it. And it took a while, you know, it took a lot longer than we thought it would, but, uh, you know, the last, I guess it's been about the last year or so we, we finally, you know, everybody got back together and found the time to do it and, uh, you know, got it rolling again. So, yeah. First time you guys are back together in the studio, instruments in hand. Is it like riding a bike? Is it like just going back in against it? Oh man, I remember this. So it was like, Holy shit. We got to relearn. It's like a new band. We got to relearn everything. Yeah, it was tough, man. Because <laughs> I hate saying it, but it was pretty tough. Because a lot of our stuff's a lot, you know, a little more compl- complicated than than you think it is. And yeah. you know, we got back in there, and I can remember 
looking over at the guys going, why in the world do we write this so difficult, man? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was it took a little while to get it going again. Of course, we were breaking in a new drummer, too, so that, you know, that made it a little more difficult as well. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't – I mean, it felt really good, especially the first time we got, you know, played a song that, that sounded like it was supposed to sound. It felt really, really good. But it, it took a little bit of time to get it rolling again. I mean, it's had to knock off some rust. You know, there was a good, good amount of that, so – and, uh, you know, Azure's Bane stuff's, you know, the simplest thing in the world. So sometimes it gets a little, you're trying to remember this bizarre, weird change we put in a song and going, you know, why the hell did we do that? You know, what were we thinking? But, you know, when you come back to it years later and try to recreate it, sometimes it takes a little time to figure it out again. But but it got there. It took a little time, oh, but it got there. I'm sure. Like you're saying, while you're trying to recreate the music that you wrote, were there any songs that maybe wound up changing a little bit because either you couldn't remember how a certain part went or you just realized the way you were doing it now actually sounded different or better than it did originally? And we have some subtle changes, I think, here and there, but really subtle. I mean, a lot of it, uh, our new drummer, Van, um, you know, he's he wasn't with us originally. And uh, uh, our old drummer, Rick, moved out of state and... Um, so we, you know, we recruited Van to come in and play with us, and he's a different drummer. He approaches things a little differently than Rick did, and um, so, and we really wanted him to put his own personal stamp on it, you know, to be comfortable with what he was playing instead of trying to duplicate the stuff that other people did before him. So, so we have changed things, but it's pretty subtle, you know. We change things a little bit from a rhythm section uh, perspective on how to approach certain songs and certain things, but. Uh, but pretty subtle stuff. And we changed a little bit of our vocal strategy as far as the harmonies and things. We do a lot of harmony vocal stuff. And, uh, you know, a few years later, people's voices change a little bit. Something that was really easy for somebody 10 years ago might not be quite as simple these days. So we had to rearrange some of that stuff. But that's all. It's all. I think it's really subtle things that, that the band hears, but probably nobody else does, you know. Yeah. So I'm guessing that besides you, Jeff, Brent, and, uh, and Chuck are also back in the group, too. Yeah, yeah. All, it's all the original guys, with the exception of, uh, of Van Turner, is our new drummer, and uh, you know he's working out great. He's been fantastic. So, yeah, well, it's not it's not like you guys ever left music or, or you know in general. But how how is it now compared to like when the band did start? You know, all those years ago. Uh, well, it's brand new for us a little bit. You know, we just got rolling, so um, you know. We haven't been out playing a whole whole lot yet. We just played one show since we put it back together. So, um, you know, we're still kind of getting our feet wet a little bit, trying to find out what the uh, what the scene's like these days, you know, compared to what it was. But so far, you know, the uh, the response has been fantastic. We've got you know a lot of people calling us for bookings and things like that, and um, you know, a lot of interest again, which is great. So, you know, we really didn't know how that was going to go, but. Um, so far, everything's been positive, and it feels good. So, you know, we're just kind of taking it one thing at a time, checking out the opportunities as they come, and, uh, and you know, trying to progress forward. Yeah. Well, you know, the way the way of, you know, like, just saying, go back to 2002, really, no social media. The Internet wasn't a major player in, in anything back then, especially music and promoting and stuff like that. Now, 20-something years later, it seems like everything is focused on the Internet, you know, and Facebook and Reverb Nation and Bandcamp and those other sites. Uh, is it an adjustment now getting used to the new way a band goes out and promotes itself compared to the way it used to be? Oh, sure. From a promotional standpoint, absolutely. It's a completely different world, man. I mean, it's not you're not going out flyering clubs all over the place and, you know, doing it like you did old school. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's a lot easier, you know, now because you can – you can get on the internet and do stuff on Facebook or, 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 you know, websites or whatever. 
and email lists and things like that. And, uh, you know, and, and it's also a lot easier to, to contact promoters and clubs and, you know, what, and labels, whatever, radio, everything. It's, it's much easier to communicate, but it's also, you know, I'm sure you've heard this a million times. It's also a, a much more difficult than, than it used to be because there's so many bands out there doing it and separating yourself from, from the crowd is so much tougher, you know? So, you know, cause everybody's got a record out and, you know, where, whereas it used to be, you know, if you were putting out records, you were probably doing it right. You know, as opposed to now, just about anybody can do it. You know, it's not just, not just the internet, but pro tools and all that stuff where, you know, everybody in their basements, you know, they got a studio. So <laughs> it's a different world, man. Oh, I was, you know, you just said what I was going to bring up too. It's like I said, everybody in the mother has a record out there or can or has the ability to do it. It's so much easier, you know, with a little bit of right. money today to get something done. Does it kind of dilute or take away from like the real thrill of putting out that record, that vinyl package or that CD where, you know, you knew you had to work and build up a reputation and, and get the name out there and make contacts and try to get signed to a label? Does it kind of dilute it where anybody can do it now? Uh, well, I, I don't think it dilutes the feeling of it because once you get done with a record, it's, you know, you're proud of it. It's your baby. You know, you spent a couple of years or whatever it is working on that thing. And, and by the time you get it done, you know, hopefully you did it right. And it's something you're proud of. So, and you know, so you still have that feeling. I mean, obviously there's so much more of it out there, but I mean, just cause everybody can put out a record doesn't mean everybody can put out a good record, you know? So you got to put out sure. something that, that you, that you feel strong about and you know, that, uh, that you did your absolute best to do and you take your time to do it right. And you know, don't cut corners. And, uh, you know, just go from there. And hopefully, you know, hopefully you can find an audience out there that, that appreciates it. Yeah. Well, you're talking about new music. Is there stuff in the works right now for another record? Or is there, is there, really, is there stuff like from back in the, in the day that you didn't record that you're going to maybe try to work on and get out? Or is it going to be all new music? Uh, we're, well, we'll be doing a, a full new record, but that probably won't be till uh, I'm going to say 2017, probably with a brand new one. We're oh, Okay. The 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 Babylon record, which was our second CD, um, which I think it came out originally in 08, 08 I think, was, uh, you know, we didn't actually really put it out because we had some issues with the label and stuff. And I, I ended up just kind of tabling that thing. That was a, at the point where the band, you know, took a break. So we, we stuck it out there on CD Baby and stuff, but we didn't promote it at all. So for all intents and purposes, it's brand new. Most of the world hadn't even heard it. So we're putting that one out early next year. And uh, we're actually in the studio this week working on a bonus track for that, which uh, hopefully uh, should hopefully finish that up in the next week or two, and then uh, and send that off. So that'll be on there as well. So that album will, that that album will come out first, along with our first record to be reissued. Uh, both of them come out sometime next year, early next year, I believe. And then uh, in the meantime, we'll continue writing and and demoing stuff for a, a brand new record to come out the following year. That's the plan, anyway. Oh, that's going to be great. Well, Wings of Venom since Modern Day Babylon, are they, are they remastered in any way? Or are you putting them out as is, from like the original recordings? I think we're going to remaster them. Uh, not entirely sure yet. We're still kind of working on that stuff. Um, there will be uh, Wings. I think Wings will probably come out as is, more likely than not. But uh, Babylon, there's a very good chance it will be remastered. Um, they definitely will have a bonus track on that for sure. And there, there'll be, you know, new, uh, freshened up artwork and stuff like that. You know, liner notes and stuff will be a little different, things, things of that nature. And we're also exploring the possibility of maybe doing some multimedia stuff on there, maybe some video or something like that. And I don't know for sure but what's going to happen with that right now. It's all kind of still up in the air and, you know, under discussion. So, Any chance of uh, any of them coming out in a, in a vinyl package? 
I, I you know what? I do not know. <laughs> There's the possible. Ah. Yeah, I don't. I, that I don't know yet. You know, we're, I'd love it. I've never had anything on vinyl. I would absolutely love to do that. That would be so cool. You know, I just I know just because uh, you know when I was a kid and. You go to the record store and you pick up that big vinyl record and you open it up and break the cellophane and pull it out. And you, you know, <laughs> it's such a cool thing. And, and I've never and I've never put anything of mine, you know, that I've done on vinyl before. And I would absolutely love to do that. So, uh, I hope I hope that can happen because, like I said, I love it when the bands that I came to later on, like after the after the vinyl days ended, it was all CDs. Get to put out their stuff on vinyl because you're right. It's it's such an amazing feeling to have that. It's the same as buying a book or going to a movie. You know, getting that record and going home and tearing it apart. I don't care how old you are. It's like being a kid in a candy shop. Oh yeah, man, absolutely. I, I remember that very fondly from when I was a kid. You know, going to the record store and, and going through the vinyl and it's just you know, and they're so big, it's big giant. You know, where if you look at a CD, it's a little tiny thing. You're looking at it online, you know, and you listen to an MP3 or whatever. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't come close to duplicating that same experience of breaking open a brand new vinyl record and putting it on the turntable and hearing that hiss, you know, and 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 the you know the audio quality. I guess you know there's people that say that there's a digital thing so much clearer or whatever, but it doesn't have that same warmth that analog does, you know, and and I miss that a lot, you know. I I, I, I so I'd, I'd love to put something on vinyl. That'd be so cool. It would be. I mean, you've seen the changes in the industry over the years where people, you know, they're not buying anymore. It's downloading, and most of it is illegal, unfortunately. I mean, at least if you download it, you pay for it. It's semi-okay. But, you know, I, I, vinyl is starting to make a little niche comeback, and a lot of labels are putting out their bands or music on, on vinyl again, and they're charging like, kind of like premium prices for, for these packages, and a lot of people are buying them, especially, you know, people my age who grew up in the 70s and 80s buying vinyl. Uh, it's great to have that again, and I don't know if it's going to save the music industry, but it's definitely, you know, helping it out. Well, I think it's definitely a niche market, you know, where yeah. – where because there are and for a band like us especially because most of our our fan base is going to be people you know there aren't you know 20 years old anymore i mean they're, they're, hopefully we appeal to some of those folks too but but a lot of people that are are into what we do are people who have been listening to this stuff since you know 1985 or something you know where they're, and they're not they're not kids anymore and they're they're the kind of people that want to hear vinyl so just because it's kind of you get that kind of nostalgic thing going which so it makes for a nice little niche market and i, I agree with you i think it'd be that's a great idea. And I've seen it, a lot of bands doing it, a lot of labels doing it. And, uh, you know, if I can find a way to make that happen with us, I certainly will. That would be great. I mean, you're talking about like, you know, kids and everything. And, you know, from going to shows, you know, in my area and here in New York city, New Jersey area and being out there, I'm seeing more and more, you know, kids in their late teens, early twenties that is just eating up like, you know, our generation's music. And that's kind of weird because I don't remember myself being like that with my parents' music, you know, when I was a kid. But <laughs> they love the classic metal sound. I mean, they've moved away from all that screamo and extreme metal that came out and, and the new metal. They love this music. And they're out there supporting it sometimes more than the old timers are. Well, you see it a lot more of that, that's for sure. I was out at a, a club a couple of weeks ago, and it was a kind of night. I was up there uh, with a buddy of mine, and um, and they had some kids come on. These kids probably... I don't know, 18, 19 years old and got up and they, they playing Megadeth and Metallica songs, you know, which was, then they played them well, which was awesome. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting there, I was, that was the coolest thing ever, you know, <laughs> a bunch of 18 year old kids playing stuff that was, that came out in 1985, you know, and, and, and actually pulling it off and doing a really credible job of it. I, it kind of gives you a little hope, you know, for, for the future of, of heavy music, you know? So, uh, cause, cause if that, that influence can kind of trickle down, to what the, the next generation of kids are doing. I mean, that's all good, you know? 
Oh, absolutely. You know, Trey, you're talking about working on the new music. You know, it's, it's a little way down the road. Uh, I mean, sound-wise, are you trying to recreate the stuff that you did early in that same sound, or has you know all the new influences that have come into your lives over the last 10 years going to creep into the new sound? Yeah, I'm sure they, that it will. The influences will come in. I mean, the way we do things, is, and we always have, we just kind of write what comes to mind to us, write for ourselves. We're not never really trying to to get to a certain place with it. You know, I mean, I think we, we have developed somewhat of a, a signature thing, but that was just, it was kind of by accident, you know, we we're just doing what we do and that's the sound that came out. So, um, you know, and I would, I would anticipate the same kind of thing happening as we go forward. We're still going to sound like us, but, but the things that we've been listening to over the last few years or whatever, definitely will have an effect on what we do. You know, it always does. It creeps into your writing and the way you play. And, uh, and it's just kind of an organic process for us. We've never really tried to write from any kind of a, a goal-oriented place where we're trying to achieve a certain sound or duplicate something. We're just writing whatever, you know, what you feel at that moment. It's all in the moment. And then and you just roll with it. Yeah. So that's well, listen, a, now that a problem. The, I'm sorry, Trey. Oh, I, uh, well, I was going to say that now that the Bane is back and this thing is going and flowing, when are we going to get the Ugly Wanda reunion? When are you and Jeff going to get <laughs> back and put that together now? <laughs> wow, you're going way back, man. Wow. wow, man. I remember buying the One Night record in 94. I know you weren't a part of that, but then I got the semi one that came out like six or seven years later. And that's what kind of got me to, 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 to Bane because I was, you know, from, got, knew you guys from there. Wow. I didn't know anybody even knew about that. That is so cool. You know, yeah, we, the we semi actually, record is good. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was, God, that was a long time ago. That was, uh, you know, Jeff and I actually did a reunion, just a one off thing, a couple of years ago with that um, at a. Uh, it was a benefit thing, benefit show. And we got up and played a set with the guys. And it was cool. It was a lot of fun, you know? So, and I don't know if there's, you know, how much chance there would be of doing something that like that in any kind of a large capacity, but I, I could, I could see us doing a, a show or here and there, you know, every once in a while, maybe every once, once a year, once every couple of years, because we're so, we're all still friends and stuff. So in touch with the rest of the guys and, and, um, you know, so yeah, that'd be cool. It was a great songs. You know, that was, that was, a, hey, that was a good time. On my MP3 right now, still, uh, is, uh, is uh, Show Me a Sign and uh, Hurricane. I still got those two on that never take off. I play them all the time. <laughs> wow. That's so cool. I, I think you might be the first person I've talked to in one of these, these interview deals that's ever even heard Ugly Wanda, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks for that. Hey, I'm old school, man. Hey, look, Dre, it was a great talk with you today, man. I, I can't wait for you guys to get out there again. I'm hoping you could kind of make it here to the East Coast. I would love to see you guys play live. You have anything coming up like right now and you know for the rest of the shit that you with the band or are you kind of just going to take everything slow and pick up in 2016? Yeah, as far as 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 touring and stuff, that'll be next year. I mean, right now we're just we're focusing on on doing what we got to do to get the get these records back out there and um uh you know, doing a little bit of studio work right now and stuff like that and we'll be focusing on next spring as far as getting back out again, you know, we'd love to get back to the East coast. I haven't been there a long time. You know, we played in New York a few times back in the day and it was fantastic, but it's been very, very long time. So we'd love to get back, but you know, that, that stuff will pick up here. Well, we'll start talking about booking dates and stuff here shortly, but I don't think we'll actually be getting out till probably late spring, but hopefully, That's all right. hopefully soon. I'll, I'll be here. So don't worry about it. I'm looking forward to when it happens. <laughs> all right, buddy. All right, man. You take care, Trey. Good talking to you. Okay. Thanks, man. Have a Thank great you. day. Top stories. Four more female bodies were discovered this morning in rural Northwest Harris County. 
Authorities speculate that these murders may be connected to an ongoing investigation of possible serial slayings. And in other news...
Serenade. I want to thank Trey. I want to thank Leather Leone for being on the show tonight. Good time like always, especially to my boys in the chat room, Iman, Chiron, and John. I appreciate you guys always being here every week, even when you're sick and injured. I do appreciate it. Thank you guys very much. And Tommy, he had a rough day today with the Giants, uh, so uh, he might be back next week. But I think we're pretty much done with Tommy until after football season in February. But we'll see what happens. We might catch uh, him on an off week when the Giants got a buy or a pass, and he might be on the show. All right, let me see. We have 10 minutes left. Uh, so don't forget the metal matinee this Thursday at 12 o'clock. I believe it's called Disease. Get them when you can because they're running out, and I think May will be our last one sometime at the end of May, I think right after Memorial Day weekend. It'll be the last metal matinee we do. I just want to get to the 400 number and kind of close it out. They're getting harder and harder to do for me each week and uh, come up with different themes. When I first started doing them in September of 2008, I didn't think I'd have enough shows to get through until January, but almost eight years later, we still came up with different ideas every week, but they're few and far between now, so we're going to play out what we have call it a day, and then just turn it over to, like, holiday specials like we do, and that'll be it, and our Sunday night show. We'll put all our eggs into one basket. And our next Sunday night, like I said early on in the show, Zach Stevens from Circle to Circle and TSO and Sabotage will be our guest, and uh, Brian Holland from Reverence. So uh, we've got a great show lined up for everybody. All right, let me see what we can do for everyone right now. How about some uh, Mega Attack? Haven't played these guys on the show in a long time. Here's a song called Whisper in the Dark.
we're going to wrap it up right now. Kyron says, get on something new wave of British heavy metal. That's what you would expect from somebody from the UK, I guess, huh? All right, we'll wrap it up with Raven here tonight. I want to thank everybody for hanging out like always, especially my maniacs in the chat room. I do appreciate it. You make this fun for me every single week, and I'll have to drag Tommy's ass back in here next Sunday night. I want to thank Trey Gadler from Azriel's Bane and my girl, Leather Leone. Thank you, everybody. How about some Raven right now? And take it away. I'll see you guys next week. Have a great one. Well, I guess not. We almost made it to the end of the show with everything working. <laughs> but that time, it just didn't. So I don't know what happened over here. We got so far, and then it ended. I don't even know if you guys can hear me right now. Uh, but <laughs> that didn't happen. So let me see if I can play something else. And maybe I found out what the problem is. Uh, let me see if this goes on. Then we'll know for sure here. Mm-hmm.